If you got your Bible, you can go ahead and turn to Matthew 28, Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Reach, teach, and serve. We can do this. Reach, teach, and serve. Now, these have been the biblical principles, and I will say biblical principles. There's a, there's a method, there's scripture behind each one of these. It's not just something that Pastor Mark and Kay and, uh, just got from the sky, and they didn't just think it sounded good. It was actually, these are actually biblical principles. And these are the biblical principles that Orchardville Church was built upon. And what, the one I want to focus on today is reach. Everybody say it with me, reach. In Matthew 28, 19, and 20, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And if you're not real careful, you will miss that in your Bible reading. And I'm going to read it again. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, so he wanted them to know something. He came to them to tell them something. And he says, he's telling them something they didn't know. Okay? And he says, I have been given all authority on heaven and on earth. Jesus had that authority. He took that authority when he conquered death, hell, and the grave. Can I get an amen? Amen. So this was Jesus' authority to give. And then he gives it right here. And in verse 19, he says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teaching these new disciples to obey all the commandments that I have given you. Notice this, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the ages. Now, uh, we can see two biblical principles of of reach, teach, and serve right here in these two verses right here. Verse 19, it says, therefore, go. What's it saying? Reach out. Go and reach out. Go and, go and make a difference. And then the first word in verse 20 is teach. Reach, teach, and then ultimately come back and serve. Reach, teach, and serve basically should be in like every church across this great nation. We should be reaching and teaching and serving. Reaching the un, unforgiven. Reaching them with purpose and, and bringing them up and bringing them up into the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, sometimes we can get distracted from that. But let me tell you something. If you look around Orchardville Church, almost everything you see is for the reaching purpose. This playground equipment here, that is to reach the lake out here is to reach. The camp, the camp uh, facilities, though, are to reach out and bring kids in, to bring people in that don't know about the love and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. That's what they're for. You know what? That's why we spend countless hours all week getting ready for this time right here. So that whenever you do reach and bring somebody in, so that we can share with them the gospel. Of Jesus Christ. So when you go reach and they come in, we teach. 
whether it's through song, like the praise team, or we read through scriptures, and I preach biblical, biblical truths. So our, our main focus in the church today, and this is probably, you know, I, I, I try not to con- criticize the church at all. I don't think it's healthy to criticize the church. And I really don't take this as a, I don't really think this is a criticism. This is just kind of an observation. I think that if there's probably one place, not just this church, but the church as a whole, I'll say in America, if there's one place that church in America has maybe slowed down, and that is in reaching. You know, it's not easy to share your faith. (laughs) It's not. Because the world is so brazen with their sin. They're so brazen with their opinions. You know, there's some places, man, and we think we got it tough in the United States. Man, you go on to the Middle East, buddy, if you're a homosexual over there, they'll kill you. You're a woman over there and you speak something out, you'll, you'll be stoned. You know, several months ago, maybe even being maybe a full year by now, a lady was, was beheaded in New York. And the defense wanted, wanted it to be tried under Sharia law. Okay? She was beheaded by her husband. All right? And the defense wanted it, wanted that to be, uh, want him to be tried under Sharia law. You know why? Because under Sharia law, he was innocent. She had done things that with Sharia law, he had every right to behead her. Man, that's crazy, isn't it? That's crazy, isn't it? Reach, teach, and serve. Reach. It's hard to do, but it's God's commandment. I read a quote from John MacArthur. He said, if we were saved for, for fellowship, then we'd be taken to heaven where fellowship is perfect. If we were saved for praise and worship, we'd be taken to heaven where praise and worship is unhindered and perfect. If we were saved for the sake of knowledge and wisdom, we would be taken to heaven where knowledge is perfect. The reason we are left here is in order that we might make disciples of all nations. That is our God-given priority as a church. I think that's true. I think that's, in fact, the Scripture tells us that Everybody, once you become a child of God, you are given a ministry. And that is a ministry of reconciliation. A ministry of bringing non-believers, unsaved people, into reconciliation with Almighty God. So here's just one side note. If you're a born-again child of God, you are called to ministry. Now, the question is, will you walk in that ministry? I've had to answer that question numerous times in my life. And there were numerous times I wanted to say no to preaching the gospel. But it wasn't about me. It's about what he wanted. We sang that song earlier, Walking on the Water. 
Can you imagine how much faith it takes to walk on water? Let me tell you, the same amount of faith it takes to obey anything that God calls you to do. Anything. (laughs) If God calls you to walk on water, you know what he'll do? He will empower you. He will give you the faith to do it. If God calls you to preach the gospel, you know what God will do? He will empower you to preach the gospel. It's true. It's true. Well, I got one amen. We make disciples by reaching out to the unknowing, the ones that don't know. You know, sometimes we ask people if they're saved. I don't do that no more. Let me tell you why. They don't have a clue what it means. I think 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I think people knew. I think they understood. Most, most people, I think they did. Most people understood when you say, are you saved? Most of them knew what you're talking about. But anymore, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm saved. They don't have a clue what that means. So anymore, what I ask them is, are you forgiven of your sins? Has God ever forgiven you? Have you ever asked God to forgive you? And let me tell you what, everybody knows whether they have done that or not. Yeah, everybody knows. To reach the world, it takes action. It takes a plan. In fact, the the word reach is an action word. It requires effort. You know, we won't reach something if we don't try. We won't accomplish something if we don't try. We won't reach anything if we don't try. I mean, have you ever seen anybody just go up there like that and, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just reaching reaching for nothing. Reaching for nothing. Or it takes effort. It takes thought to reach out and pick up a bottle of water. What did I do? I reached for it. Because reach means effort. It means you desire something. It means you want something. Hey, Don. It means that you have thought about it and you have determined that the end result is worth the effort. That's what it means. That's what it means. Wherever you are in life, it means that the struggles you went through, you thought they was worth to get you where you are now. If you've been married one year, it didn't happen by accident. It took, it took effort. It took work. <laughs> you will never reach your life goals by accident. Never. You kids, you will never go to college and find your dream job by accident. You might go to college and you might find a job, but it will not be what you want by accident. You have to search. You got to pray. You got to investigate. Dalton Kelly, I doubt if he's here this morning. He had a a prom night last night also. I know a lot of Wayne City kids did. Well, he's working on 
he's working on his future now. He's getting information for scholarships and stuff, as is Miranda. I'm sure Miranda is too. But see, they're planning. They are reaching for their future. They're reaching to where they want to go. If we reach our families and our friends for the gospel of Jesus Christ, it will not be by accident. (laughs) It will be on purpose. We will have to have a plan to do that. And that's what we must do. We must reach the unforgiven on purpose. Because we'll never do it by accident. It won't happen. Does anybody here have any family and friends that's unsaved? Let's just establish that. We all do. I'll raise both hands. I have friends and family that are, that are unsaved, that are not serving the Lord. And I want to reach them. So we've established that reaching is an effort, right? We've established that. So here's the question. Are, <coughs> excuse me, you just answer this on your own. To each one of you, are you willing to make the effort to reach somebody for the gospel of Jesus Christ? I'm sorry I can't answer that for you. I'm your pastor. I wish I could. I wish I could go to, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. But see, it's not my answer. It's, it's your answer. Will you do that? I think, you know, I really think that's the first thing that you have to decide is you have to decide. You have to make up your mind. I am going to reach my family and friends for the gospel. Now, let me, let me tell you why. Because if you never de- make that decision in your mind and in your heart, you know what will happen? You'll never do it. It'll never happen. Because you can't reach someone by accident. You cannot reach your goals by accident. So see, we have to determine in our heart before we ever go, before we ever step foot out of the house in the, in the morning. I know some people do that. Some people, before they ever leave the house or on their way to work, they say, okay, Lord, you know, who who am I going to talk today? Who am I going to share with today? What do you want me to do today? How can I let my light shine today? They ask the Lord that. What a great way of doing it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that he has given us a plan. And we see it all through the scriptures. We see that Jesus gives us a plan. Hmm. Have a, how many of you, I know some of them, and I would call you out if I had to. How many of you, when you was young, you had your army tanks, and you had your little soldiers and stuff, and yeah, I see some heads shaking. And, uh, and I should ask this, how many of you done it when you got a little older also? <laughs> yeah. Well, see, you, you know, if, if you did that, more than likely, you had all your tanks right where you wanted them. And you had your foot soldiers, you had them right where you wanted them, and you had a plan. You had a plan to defeat the enemy. And that's the way sharing the gospel is. That's the way reaching is. We've got to have a plan. We had it, we had it all planned out just the way we wanted it, and, and uh, we tried to have more, more tanks than our enemy did, and more foot soldiers than our enemy did. But we had a plan. Thank goodness Jesus has gave us a plan. How, how about this one? If you can't relate to this, how about this one? Have you ever dreamt of being the president of the United States? Everybody ever dreamt of that? 
Well, there's about 20 of them dead here a few months ago, wasn't there? <laughs> All right, that, that's, that's beside the point. But if you did, if you had sincerely dreamt of that, you probably had a plan. If you had dreamt of that, you had probably thought it through enough where you had decided in your mind how you was going to create more jobs. You had probably even decided, thought about what you would do with the IRS. Should, should we have a vote on that this morning, what we're going to do with the IRS? <laughs> what you're going to do with the EPA. You know, what you'd do with religious liberties, what you'd do with the debt. You probably had a plan, right? I mean, if you thought about that, you would probably have a plan. And we hope that all presidential, you know, candidates, we hope that they have a plan. But here's the thing. You can have the perfect plan, but if the president of the United States, whoever it may be, if they allow politics, greed, and power to mess up their plan, they're not going to get much done, are they? What's going to happen to their plan? It's going to sink like, oh my goodness, like we've seen so many times before. They have a great plan until greed and politics and power gets involved, and then all of a sudden, those things are more important than their plan, right? Well, it's the same way with sharing our faith. It's the same way with reaching out to our family and friends. We can have a great plan, but if we don't watch it, intimidation will mess up our plan. If we don't watch it, our, our insecurities will mess up our plan. And we can't let that happen. See, when we get a plan, that's when we start depending upon God. That's when we, we say, okay, Lord, I, I'm not, this really isn't my personality, and I normally don't do this, but I see it in your word. I feel like you want me to do this. I'm going to step out. And when you step out, thank you, Lord, fill my Fill in my mouth. Thank you, Lord. You're, you're helping me. Thank you, Lord, for strengthening me. I don't know what to say, Lord, but I'm just telling you, you know, this guy, he's, he's rude and he's obnoxious, but I'm going to go talk to him, whatever the case may be. See, that's where faith comes. And that's why I said earlier, it takes as much faith to share your faith as it does to walk on water. Hmm? Hey, it's not easy to share your faith. Let me tell you, I'll tell you a surefire way to share your faith. You ready? I don't care who you are. I don't care what your personality is. A surefire way. If you say, I just cannot share my faith, I'm going to tell you how. Are you ready? Read the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Pastor Mark always said, two chapters a day. Two chapters a day. Who can't read two chapters a day? Pastor Mark would also say, you could, you've got time to read the Wayne County Mass, <laughs> right? Sure. We got time to read. We got time to post on post on Facebook. We got time to read the Wayne County Mass. We got time to to put two chapters of the Word of God inside of us. Let me tell you something. This is what I found out a long time ago. If you'll put two chapters of the Word of God inside of you, it will come out. But you got to put it in. You'll talk different. You'll walk different. You'll do things different. It's true. Jesus gives us a great example in Matthew 4, 18. He gives us a great example of fishermen. Let me read it to you real quick. 
Matthew 4.18, it says, One day Jesus is walking along the shore, the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon and also Peter and Andrew. And they were throwing the net out in the water, for they were, li- they were fishing for a living. And Jesus called out to them, Come and follow me, and I'll show you how to fish for people, he says. And they left their nets and followed him at once. Verse 21, a little farther later, a little farther on down the road, he come to two more brothers, James and John, sitting in the boat with their father Zebedee. They was repairing their nets, and he called them too. And they immediately followed him, leaving their boat and their father behind. Now, right here in this short period of time, I don't know if it was a couple of hours or a few minutes or what it was, but it was a short period of time It tells us that. Jesus called four fishermen to be his disciples. I don't think that's by accident. I think, I think Jesus knew exactly that they already had the principles down, what it took, the principal ideas down to share the gospel. Let me ask you this. I've already mentioned that you will never reach, will never reach your friends and loved ones by accident. It'll never happen, will it? Have you ever caught a mess of fish by accident? Anybody? Have you ever been driving by the lake and all of a sudden, holy cow, look at that mess of fish I've got to clean when I get home? No. I know that was pretty stupid, wasn't it? Well, <laughs> you know, I don't care, right? It's true. Have you ever done that? No. See, this is what fishmen do. Fishmen, they first of all, see, to be a fishman, you, if you're a good fishman, it just don't happen by accident, okay? First of all, you have to determine your bait, what are you going to use for bait? I don't have no bait. Well, you're not going to catch nothing. Right? Where are you going to go? Well, I don't know. Well, you're not going to catch none. You going to go out there in the ditch? Well, you're not going to catch none. You going to go to church? You're not going to catch none, church. They're already saved at church. Right? So the fishermen, they know their bait, and then they decide where to go to? Well, they're not done yet. How many of you ever went fishing at straight up noon? You don't catch very many fish straight up noon. You know what? <laughs> so they have to decide their bait. They have to decide the location. And they have to decide what time of day they're going to go. See, fishing takes planning. To be a successful fisher, you've got to do a little planning. The same way with reaching people for the gospel of Jesus Christ. It does not happen by accident. That's why Jesus called these four men. He said, well, at least I, I'm sure I'm going to ad lib there. This is Rob. This is not the scripture. Uh, if I was to guess, I would say that Jesus says, well, at least I won't have to train these four on these basic principles. He'll have to train the other eight, but he won't have to train these four. Okay? So it's important that we that we think about that, that we train that. We understand that. We know it's not going to happen by accident. Let me give you a few more scriptures. We're just about out of time. Let me give you a few more scriptures that shows the importance that God puts on lost people. Was there anybody here who used to be lost? Three hands. Oh, my goodness. Three hands. Oh, my goodness. You guys were born from the womb saved, wasn't you? <laughs> you and John the Baptist right there. 
Now, do you see what I mean? You're important to God. You know what else? The people that aren't here yet, they're important to God. Jesus uses a, <clears throat> uses a metaphor of a lost coin concerning lost people. You just know the story. She looked and looked and looked and looked and looked and looked, and she didn't stop until when? And she found the coin. See, that we got to have that tenacity when it comes to our friends. We got to share, we got to love, we got to share, we got to love, we got to invite and share, love, invite until they find that truth. Jesus used a metaphor about a lost sheep. Maybe the most accurate one is about the lost son because we know God wants everybody to be one of his children. That's what God wants. Jesus goes on to use illustration about uh, bringing in the harvest. Bringing them in. See, there's a harvest out there. He used a metaphor about laborers in the vineyards, setting the captives free. How many of you have been set free here today? Raise your hand if you've been set free. And my hand is up because I've been set free. Amen. Well, see, God's power didn't stop, didn't diminish after you got set free. It's still there. It's still there. But just somebody has to step out in faith and reach. Jesus goes on. Jesus talks about uh, about rescue. He talks about adoption. He talks about grafted into the family. He talks about bringing light into the darkness. And maybe the clearest one to understand, bringing sight to the blind. Hey, I can understand that. Anybody can understand that. I once was lost, but now I'm free. Now I'm saved. I was blind, but now I can see. Let me ask you a question. If you, if, you had, if you really were blind, seriously, in the natural, not spiritually, natural. If, in the natural, if you were blind and you got set free and you got your sight back. So you was blind and you got set free and now you can see and you had a friend that was blind, would you go tell him, would you go tell her how you got your eyes opened? In the natural, would you do that? I don't know if you would or not. See, I can't answer that for us. I'd like to think that everybody would. You know, I might have to ask for forgiveness for this after, after this sermon because my wife don't like for me to talk about, talk about it. But, but you know, uh, my wife, she's had, and most of you don't know this, my wife's had 13 eye surgeries. And there was one particular time, uh, we had, she had an eye surgery in St. Louis, and we come back from St. Louis, and she was completely blind for seven days. Oh, my. You don't think that don't change life. And... Uh, I don't know why I'm telling you that. Yeah, I do. Because at that time, I still would. I would do, I would, I would conquer anything to restore her sight in the natural. Right? Who wouldn't? 
Would you do that for your wife? Well, let me ask you this. Would you do it for your family and your friends that don't know Christ? Would you do it for them? Would you share with them? Man, I don't like to preach messages like this. <laughs> I don't like to. But you know why? Because it's, it, it's a it's stretch. Oh, my goodness. This is, this is a steak. You've got to have a knife to cut this up and chew it. Chew on it for a while. But you know what this does? It grows us up as a church. God is asking you, saying, come on. Come on now. Follow me. Step out of that boat. That's what God's asking this morning. He's asking you to come a little farther, come a little closer, a little more trust, a little more confidence, a little more faith in me. That's what God's asking, asking this morning. See, we can make a difference. But here's the thing. You don't have to do it all yourself. You know, I shared uh, a long time, long time back that uh, after Pastor Mark passed away and even before that, I had no desire. I'd never... I had no desire to pastor Orchardville Church, and uh, and Sister Kay and the and the leaders they uh, they came to me a couple of times and wanted to meet a couple of times. They kept telling me to pray about it and you know and just and just pray about it and seek the Lord about it. And so I did that and you know and then we met a couple more times. I just wasn't feeling it at all, man. But the more I prayed about it and then and then finally one day I was praying, and uh, you know it's like the Lord said, you know I'm not asking you to go to Africa. You know, I'm not asking you to go to Zimbabwe. And then that's kind of when the thought came to my mind. You know, they do have running water at Orchardville, too. <laughs> yeah, and there's a good restaurant up there. And there's a good blacktop road that goes right up there. You know, and, and then I kind of got the point, you know. He's not asking me to go around the world. Well, you know what? He's not asking you to go around the world yet either. You know, you can, you can stay at your own home. You can attend this church every week. And, but you can still share the gospel. You can still have the effect of someone that's sent halfway around the world. Amen. Amen. See, so you don't have to do it all. We can work together. We got a video for you this morning, a, a, a slide video. I, I've been looking for an opportunity to show this. It's about the playground equipment where we assembled it. Go ahead and start it just whenever you've got it there, guys. This is what can happen when we work together. This is assembled. They wanted $20,000 to move this, okay? It took 48 holes being drilled in the dirt to put it back after we moved it. It's something like 48 foot long, and it's like 30 foot wide. They wanted, like I said, they wanted $20,000. This is when it's being disassembled right here. Hey, looky there. Look at that guy. Whoa, look at them muscles. No, you'll, you'll, you'll see all, all volunteers. Who is that? Sharp. Look at this. There's Edie. There's Frank showing off. So th this is some of the first few loads going out. There's some pretty smiles, isn't it? Loading it all up. I think this is about a minute and a half. Well, I want to get to the end where we're assembling. This is still, this is still teardown. This is in Flora. There you see it slowly disappeared, and then all of a sudden it's gone. All right? Now, where that's at now, you can see it's right there behind the church. It's right back here right now. So, 
We had to get a, a, po a post hole digger on the back of a tractor and dig 48 holes to put that in. Like I said, they wanted $20,000. I'm not sure how many trailer loads. I, I think it weighed like, uh, like 6,000 pounds is what this thing weighed. There it is. Ready for action. There it is. <clears throat> now, here's my reason, here's my reason to bring it, to show, showing you this. Because it took, it took basically, I, I think it was even less than 10 hours for us to move that. From one place to another. You know why? Because George Thomason done a great job in planning. We had a plan. And you know why else? Because everybody pulled together. They had one goal and one mission in mind. And that's why. Wasn't no big eyes, little use. You know what Mark, Pastor Mark would always say? Unity. Unity, you and I tie, unity. But see, and that's what it takes to reach the gospel. That's what it takes to reach, teach, and serve. It takes everybody doing their small part. Amen. Stand with me, please. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Bow your heads with me, please. Heavenly Father, we do worship you and we praise you, Father, for all that you do. Father, we just thank you, Father, that hearts are open and minds are open. Father, we just give you all the glory and honor unto you. We just lift your son up. We just lift Jesus up. We thank you for what he done upon the cross. We thank you for his life, for his illustrations, for his love, for his mercy, for his power. We thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, I know many of you have made plans to invite people for next Sunday, which is next Easter. And really, I really want that to be what our altar calls for. Now, if you have, if you have a physical ailment in your body, or if you've never been asked God to forgive you of your sins and ask Jesus to come into your heart, that's what this time is for now. So either salvation, if you've never asked Jesus to come to your heart, well, please come forward now. We want to pray with you. We want you to be a child of God. The scripture says that God takes us from being a child of wrath to being a child of God. And see, God does not want you to be a child of wrath. He wants you to be one of his children. He wants you to be chosen. He wants you to be part of his family. And if you have a need in your body, please come. Please come. And then also, I want you to pray for the ones that you're going to invite this week or the ones you've already invited. I know a lot of you have already invited people. We've invited people. We invited uh, someone at Dollar General just a few days ago. Me and my wife did. So please come. Go ahead and come now and, and pray for those. Pray for those that you're going to invite. You know, we pray. We pray that their eyes of their understanding will be opened. We pray that they will understand and realize that they are lost and they are blind. And we pray that God will move them and touch them and strengthen them. Amen. Amen. 
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.